My name is Steve Hamas. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a small group leader and elder here at Shiloh. And we are in the fourth week of our series called uh, A Summer Playlist, where we're diving into the Psalms. And uh, I, I love the Psalms, so it's just been a great time to soak in the Psalms and to, to get what uh, God has for us in there. But I want to start today by doing a little audience participation. So you guys awake? You ready? I have some questions. All right. So how many of you guys... If you can raise your hand, have a best friend. Anybody? You guys have best friends? Some best friend. Keep your hand up if you've known your best friend for five years or longer. All right. Keep your hand up if you've known your best friend for 10 years or longer. All right, we're going to skip 10 years and go to 20. (laughs) How many of you know your best friend for 20 years or longer? You know what this means? You're getting old. Don't put your hand down. (laughs) So if you know your best friend for 25 years or longer, 30 years or longer, 35, 45 years or longer, 50 years or longer, wow, 60 years or longer. All right, Tina, I'm going to pick on you, okay? Tina doesn't like to get picked on, but I'm going to hold my breath, come over and give you the mic because I don't want to put a mask on. How long have you known your best friend? Uh, more than 50 years. Like closer to 60? <laughs> well, I'm 70, so... <laughs> not supposed to say that. I'm not embarrassed to say that. <laughs> all right, so during the course of your friendship, have you been the only one doing all the talking? Um, well, not really. <laughs> Maybe most With of it. Happen. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> okay. And um, how many hours do you think that you have spent with your best friend over well, the course of time? unfortunately, not that much. It's every year, maybe. I don't know. Because I go, when I go to Honduras for, you know, for three months, then I, I spend time with her on the phone. We don't even visit because she lives in the capital and I live two hours away. So, uh, but we communicate via WhatsApp, now that we have that wonderful app, mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. So, nice. So I know what is going on with her kids and Mike, and she knows what is going on with my family. So, so if you had to give one attribute to your friendship that you think if something that has kept your friendship alive for all these years, what would one word that would come to mind be? Well, she has been very faithful to me. Faithful. Awesome. And, you know, and if I need her, uh, she's there for me, and I'm there for her too. So great. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> You're welcome. So today we're going to talk about Psalm 139, which is about relationships, and it's about David's relationship. And the title of my message is called "Getting to Know You." So what we want to do? We want to start, and I'd like to read Psalm 139. So it's kind of long. It's going to take about a minute and a half, but I'd like to ask if you could, just while we read God's word, to stand. So Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. 
Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So God, I just pray that you would just speak to us from the psalm today, Lord, as we, as we dive into it. And um, we just look forward to hearing what you have to say. In your name we pray. Amen. So you can be seated. So I think that this psalm holds a key to your Christian life, that if you can unlock it and get it, it will change you forever. You know, I hope today to paint a picture of a relational lifestyle with God that you're going to look at and say, I want that. And some of you are going to say, I want that. And some of you are going to say, I have that. Either way, you're blessed. And I just hope that you can catch a glimpse of it. You know, I don't know where David was when he wrote this psalm. I don't, I don't know if he's sitting on a hilltop. I don't know if he's doing whatever. But I'm pretty sure that David was just looking in the rearview mirror of life and just contemplating his relationship with God. And he's saying, you know, this is good. This is good. And I love how David touches on so many aspects of it, of his relationship, that if I boiled it down to three pieces, three components of the psalm, I see that he does three things, what God has done, what God is doing, and what his response was to it. So when he starts, what has God done? That God formed you. And he says this, he goes, God, you formed my inward parts. You, you knitted me together. You know, when I look at when my wife does knitting and how small those little stitches are, and he says, and I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says, I wasn't hidden from you when you made me. And when I was even just an unformed substance, you saw me. And then you wrote in your book, every one of my days before they ever were here. That's amazing. So I wanted to share with you a couple of cool things about your body, right? I had 5,000 facts that I boiled them down to like 10 or 15. So your nose can remember 50,000 different scents. Isn't that incredible? A human ear contains about 24,000 fibers in it. An adult male brain weighs about 1,375 grams. I know you women are wishing that God made our, our brains a little bit bigger, you know, <laughs> 1,375 grams. 
Our brain has over 100 billion nerve cells. The nervous system can transmit a message to the brain at 180 miles per hour. Your human body consists of 600 muscles, and the strength of your bones is as strong as steel, but it's 50 times lighter than steel. Your stomach manufactures a new lining every three days so that it doesn't digest itself. Your lungs inhale over 2 million liters of air every day without even thinking about it. Your tongue has over 10,000 taste buds, and one human hair can support 3.5 ounces. You have over 137 million light-sensitive cells in the retina of your eye, and the fluid in your eye is changed over 15 times a day. Isn't that amazing? God so intricately wove you together. And you might look at yourself and say, all I see is the stuff I don't like. You know, I see so many flaws, but God doesn't see flaws, and God doesn't make mistakes. God loves you. And when David wrote this psalm, he had no idea of any of this science. And if you can only imagine, if he were here and I gave him these facts, how long this psalm would be, right? But he's just amazing. He says, for as as awesome as I am and for how delicately balanced I am, I appreciate you, God. He says he's fearfully and wonderfully made, and he doesn't mean that I'm afraid. That word fear in this context isn't that he's afraid. He's in awe. It's like, God, you are so awesome. How do you do that? He says, I can't even grasp how awesome you are. Out of all that, though, out of all that that God made you, his greatest desire is that he could have a relationship with you. That's God's greatest desire. And somewhere along the line, each one of you has met God. And you have some type of a relationship with him. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here. So let's talk about relationships. I spoke a little bit about a relational lifestyle, right? And I want to use my life as an example today. Because I had a relationship with God for a long portion of my life until it changed. So my wife Karen is sitting over here. And Karen knows me better than any other person on the face of the earth. So Karen and I have known each other for 35 years, and we are, we've spent so much time together that you husbands will get this. There are times that we're a place together, and I'm thinking something, and she'll look at me, and she'll just go, mm-mm. And she knows exactly what I'm thinking. Or I'm thinking something or doing something, and I get the raised eyebrow. You know, she's, she knows me so well, and there's no one else that knows me as well. So I'm going to ask Karen to come up here today. And I'm going to ask Karen to be God. And I tell you, this is a dangerous thing for a man to elevate their wife to to God. But it's going to come back up. I know it. So when I became a Christian, I got a direct connect to God. Right? But like many of you, I was scared. What's that going to mean? What does it mean? What do I have to give up? I'm going to plug you in, God. I'm going to have communication here. What does that mean for me to have a relationship with God? And what is it like to have a relationship with God? I was afraid I got to give up all the things that I have to do or that I like to do, all, all the fun stuff about life. I was afraid of that. But I was willing to get to know God. I was willing to become a Christian. And I developed a lifestyle and a relationship with God that I'm going to call the telephone style of of relationship. 
So I knew that I needed to step into prayer. I knew that I needed to step into having communication with God. But I wasn't sure how, but it started similar to this. Ring, ring. Hey, God, this is Steve Hammes over, over on Vandenberg Lane. Um, you know, how how you doing? Um, so I just wanted to say thank you for yesterday, um, and thanks for helping it go well. And I, I'm sorry about how I handled myself. I'm, I'm sorry that I... That I spoke that way, God. Um, yeah, my, my language, I know I got I to gotta clean that up. Um, but God, I want to tell you, I, I got a car repair coming up. It's 600 bucks, and I, I don't have it. So they said I could pray to you. Um, so can I pray that you would help me out with that, God? Um, and my boss, and my boss is just being a jerk, and, and I don't know what to do with him, God. So if you can give me wisdom for that, I would appreciate it. Oh, yeah, Uncle Bob is sick with cancer. So if you could, if you could help him out, that'd be great. Thank you. And I would continue with God that way, just basically giving to my request. And then we got married, and we moved to New Hampshire, and it didn't go well. I didn't have a job, and I couldn't find a job, and I was getting desperate. So the phone calls became a little more like, ring, ring. Hey, God, it's Steve Hammes again. Um, So we moved to New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, you probably know that. Um, So we moved here, God, and uh, I don't have a job, and I'm doing everything I... I can, God, to, to get a job. I'm sending out my resumes, and, and it's just not going well, and I can't find a job. So, And God, I just, honestly, I hate it here. I hate it here, God. They have these stupid roundabout things that you have to go around, and the people are super, they're cold, Lord. They're colder than winter, and they, they're just not friendly. They're hard, hard people, God, and I can't make any friends. And they can't even pronounce words like Gloucester and Worcester, and they, they just do everything wrong, Lord, and I hate it here, God, so, I don't know, please help me. Can you get back to me? We got plugged into a church, and we started to meet some people and get to know people, and I was told, you need to read the Word, Steve. You got to get into the Bible. You read God's Word, so I started to read the Word. I've known the Bible, and it's been in my house. I just never really got into it, so I started to read the Word, and ring, ring. Hey, God, so, this is Steve. Um, I'm reading the Word again, and uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand the Bible, God. You, you know, I'm reading the Old Testament, and you're supposed to be loving, but yet I'm reading all these stories of you killing people and you know, wiping people out, and I don't get it. And then I read the New Testament, God, and, and there you are. You, you're so loving, and Jesus was loving, and you forgave people that I would have just wiped off the face of the earth. So, God, can you, can you give me understanding into your Word? And I would stay on the phone. And I would listen. And I felt God's presence. And I felt God speak to me. And it was the first realization, he's really there. It really is a God. He gave me insight into situations that I was praying for. And he gave me answers to prayers. And I started to have this relationship with God where I knew he was real. And you know, David says this about it. He says, God knows me. God knows me. He says, Lord, you searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit down. You know when I get up. You know when I'm sleeping. You know every thought that I have from afar. You search out my path, and you know every one of my ways. You know all my little quirks. You know every little weird thing about me, Lord. You know how I respond to things. And even before I say a word, 
You already know it. You already know it, Lord. You go before me. You go behind me. You protect me. You put your hand on my shoulder and you guard, guide me and you steer me every which way. And David says this. He goes, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I, I can't even figure out how does God know me that well. Do you guys realize that God never learns anything? Ever thought about that? He doesn't learn anything. He knows everything. If God had to learn anything, he wouldn't be God because he already knows everything. But we had kids and life got crazy like so many of you know and the calls became ring, ring. Hey, God, I am so, so tired. Lord, it's just life is crazy. You gave me these kids and I love them to death, but God, honestly, they're driving me crazy. Um, and I need patience, and I need wisdom. You know, Nicholas doesn't have an off switch. Meg is an 18-year-old in a four-year-old body, and Katie's smarter than me. And I don't know what to do, God. I, I need wisdom. And God, mortgage payments do, and I don't have the money. I don't have the money, God, and we need school supplies, and I don't have the money. So I, I got to go, but please, can you give me an answer? And life just got crazy. And there were times when I didn't pick up the phone at all. I went for periods of time when I was just disconnected from God. And you may have been there too. Times when you just feel so lonely. You know, I've been in times when I've been around people and I feel so lonely. I've been in times that I've been in this very church with all the people that I know and I love. And I felt lonely. Like no one understands what I'm walking through. No one understands what's going on inside me. And I just felt so disconnected. And there are times that I just wondered, God, are you even there? But David says this. David says, but where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to hell, you're there. God is everywhere, even in hell. He's not there in his mercy and his glory. And his, he's just there in judgment, righteous judgment. He's everywhere. David says, if I take the wings of the morning, I go the speed of light to the furthest place I can go to, at the edge of the sea, you're there. And you're guiding my, my life from there. He says, even the light, it's not dark to you. Darkness is light. It's as bright as day. So this relationship that I had with God for such a long time, just picking up the phone when I wanted to talk to him and when I wanted to hear, it just wasn't working. It wasn't working. And I finally went and just said, you know what? I'm going to invite God into my life, 100%. I'm going to invite God to come, just be with me. I want, imagine a lifestyle where you have a God with you in every single aspect of your life. Wherever you go, God's with you, the person that knows you the most in the entire universe. Imagine a life where you're going to make a decision and God's there with you and can give you the advice before you make the decision. Imagine a lifestyle where you're so aware of God's presence. You're talking to him all the time. You're being with him all the time that you're aware that no matter where you are, God's going before you. God's going behind you. And God's protecting you. Imagine a lifestyle where God is directing your path everywhere you go. Imagine a lifestyle where you're with your best friend. You're with your advocate. 
You're with your Savior every single day. So thank you, Karen. Appreciate it. You make a great God. Imagine having that lifestyle that that power of God is with you all the time. Think about this. Who else but God? Who else but God can walk with you every day? And who knows you better than anybody in the universe? Who else but God knows exactly what you're going to say or do before you do? Who else but God totally understands every thought you have, right or wrong? Who else but God has looked at every nook and cranny of your heart, every nook and cranny of your mind, yet he still loves you and he still wants to be with you? I don't know anybody else that would be like that. Who else but God can protect you in front, behind, on every side, all the time? Who else but God will direct your steps and who else but God will never, ever, ever leave you? 365 days a year, winter, spring, summer, fall, he'll never leave you. So it's no wonder that in the psalm, when you get to the part that David goes, look, your thoughts are so precious to me because I want to know what you think. And when I'm awake, I get to be with you. David's excited. David knows God so well. And then there's this whole part of the psalm that David starts talking about God's enemies. And I get it now. I get it. It's like, look, if you're his enemy, you're my enemy. That's my God. And David protects God's name and God's reputation because it's his best friend. He has such a close relationship with him. Anybody going to get in the way of God? Anybody going to stand against God? David says, that's my enemy. I get that. That's the way that we are with best friends. But David ends the whole psalm by a prayer that I think is great if you and I just adopt it. I want to steal it from my prayer and say it every day. He ends by saying this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. You know what happens when you're tested? When you've been tested in life, it creates a pressure somewhere in you. And a lot of times that pressure is going to show up in anxiety. And here David says, you know what, God, I want you to test me. I want you to test me because I want to know where it's going to show up. I want you to reveal in me any wicked way that you see in my heart because my heart is wicked. He says, I want to know, is it going to show up in an anxiety? Is it going to show up in my heart attitude when I'm under some pressure at work or wherever? Is it going to show up in how I respond to people? Am I going to be snippy or what am I going to do under pressure, God? Is it going to show up that I don't actually trust you like I should? What needs to be fixed? David says, show it to me. Test me so that it shows up so that I can fix it. And David says, I want you to lead me. So the whole idea of this shifting from having the telephone style of relationship to having God with you every single day, this constant communication with him, talking to him all the time, looking to him wherever you are, whatever circumstance you're in, this whole shift of it, the awareness of his constant presence, it's going to change you from the inside out. It's going to change you. Just knowing how much effort God put into making you and knowing how well he knows you is going to change how you respond and how you think about things. Knowing that he knows every thought that you have, every word that you're going to say, it's going to change how you speak and how you respond to people. Knowing that he's everywhere is going to make you aware of the choices that you make 
And it's going to help you eliminate the fear that you have when you're in a situation. And allowing him to test you. It's going to show your weaknesses so he can help you fix them. It's going to help you become more like him. So when I look at this and I say, what's he done? He intricately created you. What's he doing? He knows you better than anybody else in this universe, and he loves you no matter what. He loves you and he protects you wherever you go, and he's going to be with you wherever you are. And when I look at this, I say, what's my response? I do value what God thinks. I want to know, God, tell me what you think. Tell me where I'm off track. Tell me what you want me to do. Guide me. And I talk to him all the time. He's he's with me all the time. This connection to the phone didn't work. I had to cut the cord. And I tell you, you'll never be the same. But in any healthy relationship, there's a couple things that are key to it. And the first is that both parties have to talk. Both parties have to listen. Right, Tina? It takes time, almost 60 years of a relationship with your best friend. Many of you have relationships. It took time to get where you are. And you've got to be willing to share everything. You've got to be willing to also listen when your best friend tells you you're doing something wrong. And you can't hide anything. So here's the question I have for you. Do you want a relationship like that? Do you want a relationship with, like that? You know, I want to ask you today. I want to pray for you. Because some of you have that relationship. And what I want you to do today is I want you to be praying for those who don't. So when I first became a Christian, the fear that I had was what I might have to give up. And inside, there were pieces of my life that I thought, you know what? I kind of want to keep that piece, so I really don't want God to know about that piece. (laughs) Guess what? He does. God already knows there's nothing that you currently do. Any bad habit that you have, any piece of your life that you think that you're hiding from God, he already knows it. It's not a surprise to him. So when you invite him into your life, it's not like he's going to come and go, holy cow, I had no idea. I had no idea you were doing that. God already knows that, and despite that, he loves you immensely. He loves you immensely. So let's pray today. I just want to pray for you. So Father God, as we close today, there, there's some in this room that have a relationship with you that's so precious, God. It's so sweet. They would say that God is my best friend. God's my savior. God is my advocate. And I thank you for that, Lord. Today we lift up those who are so much like me who just kept that telephone style of a relationship going where I'd call you when I needed you. I called you when things went wrong. I'd call you when I wanted you to just step in and do something for me, but I didn't have a real relationship, God. And knowing that you want that relationship with me more than anything else in the world changes everything, God. So I pray for those today who sit here and they say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know how to do it. We pray for them today, Lord, that they could cut that cord, that they could just invite you into their heart 100%, Lord, that they would just feel your presence today. They would feel your presence this week. They would start to communicate with you being together. They would start sharing every portion of their life with you, Lord. They would start involving you with every decision they're going to make, no matter how small, because you delight in doing that, Lord. Lord, I pray that they would realize that you're with them all the time. There's no need to be afraid. 
There's no need to be afraid of a circumstance that they're walking through that they don't know the answer to, Lord, because you already do. Lord, I pray that they would discover how you protect. You go before them. You go behind them. There's no reason to be afraid. Lord, I pray that they would realize you're with them and that they would realize that that power that you have is freely given to us, freely given to us to speak to people and to speak boldly and to be courageous, God, but that we can speak your name without fear. And I just pray that you would take away every hindrance to that relationship, Lord, that they would be comfortable and just not afraid. Lord, I pray for all of us that we could pray that prayer that David prayed. Oh, Lord, search my heart. Know if there's any anxious way in me, God. Show me where the wickedness is in my heart so that I can fix it, so that I can become more like you. That, that prayer could become a genuine prayer today. God, it wouldn't just be words that we say. I just love reading David's words here and how excited he was about his relationship with you, Lord. You so intricately created each one of us. You took the time to make every person in this room. Why did you create 24,000 fibers in that year? Why did you make our stomach lining change? Why did you put so many nerve cells? Because you care, Lord, and you love us. So I want to just give you a minute to talk to God on your own. Father, thank you for dying on the cross for us so that we could have this relationship because without you doing that, we couldn't have a relationship. We give you praise, God. We, we just celebrate you today, Lord. And I ask that you just come into our lives this week and, and show us who you are. So I give you praise, God. In your name we pray, amen. So if you'd like prayer or, or you just want to draw a line in the sand and you want somebody to join you, I'd be happy to do that. Otherwise, go and enjoy this awesome day. Have a great day.